it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Good afternoon, everybody. My name's Kevin Graham, and welcome to the Monday, a Celtic State of Mind bulletin. As usual, I'm joined by I'm joined by Russell Boyce. Russell, how's things? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's uh, Monday clubs back, mate. After a, a week absence, uh, I know, I know. I think it's important that we say that the girls did an amazing job last week. So fair play to them. I'm, I'm feeling pretty relieved that I was actually asked back. To be fair, uh, I know. I thought you put the shame, big man. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I was I was I was worried about our Monday slot. I really was, as uh, after watching their performance last weekend, that was going on. No, that's us. But then again, what else? Who? I've copyrighted oh, the Monday club, mate, so we're sorted. Don't worry about it. I've copyrighted oh. it, man. So they didn't have a leg to stand on. That's what saved our bacon, mate. 
Who who did you trademark it with? Well, hopefully you haven't <laughs> trademarked it, trademark it with anybody today with the old firm or anything like that. Right. <laughs> uh, I, 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 we didn't want that trademark. Not, not at all. Uh, first things first, Russell, talk us through that Adidas tracky top. That's cracking. Aye, just another one, man, just in the collection. Eh? <laughs> Evie loves me, man. I, I don't know. It's it's just another one, mate. It's just been sitting in the sitting in the wardrobe, mate. Just I've been waiting to come on Axon for years. I think, mate. Just to <laughs> me My moment finally came this year, so uh, it's good to dust a few of them off, mate, and give them a wee bit of exposure. <laughs> That's cracking. Is it? Is that like a sort of shiny material? Is that like? Ah, it's like a simple thing. It's leather from afar, but it's no leather. It's uh, actually sixty-two number eh? so it's, it's nice. All right. Nice, nice. A very Ian Brownish. Definitely, yes, yeah, yeah. definitely Ian Brownish. Well, the title to the day, I mean, we haven't had a, a game hour this weekend, and a lot of folk would actually think that we would have nothing to talk about. But we've got, loads, we've got loads to talk about in the world of Celtic. Um, so the title today of today's bulletin is What Will Dominic Mackay's Vision for Celtic Be? Okay, so I sent you a text message. Uh, last mm-hmm. night saying I was going to ask you this question. Basically, what's actually happened is Dom Mackay, we're going to call him Dom because we want to become pals with him. Dom Mackay uh, has, uh, has came in and he went, Boise, I like the cut of your jib. Come into my office and you tell me what your vision for Celtic is. So sit down, have a wee custard cream, a wee cup of tea. So when he asked you that question, what would no. you say to him? What would you say to him? I think, Dom, it's time for Celtic to become the, the best version that Celtic can be. I think um, by doing so, the reason that we can do that is I think we need to be less aware of the glass ceilings that, you know, are our boundaries right now. I think in the past, and not because we're looking to the past, Dom, we're looking to the future, but I believe that Celtic has been guilty of being far too aware of the glass ceilings in which it occupies, you know, in your, which it, it, it lives in. Um, I think it's time. I think glass ceilings are there to be smashed, Kevin. I don't think they're there to be pushed against. I think they're there to be smashed open. Um, and it's time that we learn how to broaden our horizons. Uh, whilst always domestic glory is going to be our bread and butter, it's time for us to be doing that whilst making real stabs in Europe and real progression in Europe, because that's going to benefit the business side as well as the footballing side. Um, where the Celtics seem, in my opinion, when you do a wee bit of you know, reflection on it, which I've been doing since you sent that text, in fairness. A lot of the football decisions seem to be based on the business aspects first, as opposed to the other way around. It should be a football decisions that get made, whether it's appointing a manager, whether it's appointing a uh, signing a footballer, and then you base them, and they've obviously then got to be balanced with, is that, you know, benef- uh, business-wide, is that, is that viable? Um I want that to be the way that the, the seesaw works. I want it to be more leaning towards the footballing aspect and then the business side will take care of itself. Um, I, I don't need to tell you that, Dom. I'm sure you're fully aware of you know what, you know, what entails in making a successful sporting business. But I think on top of that, it's time that we get a club that reconnects with its support base um, and, we all, and we all actually become what Celtic is. It's not Celtic football business. Celtic Football Limited, it's Celtic Football Club. It's a club, and we need to start becoming that again. Um, and that there's really straightforward ways of doing that. I came up with a really radical idea, Kevin, the back of your thing, and it, it stems from like the media department. So I know this might be going off on a tangent, but he did ask me to prepare an right. interview for him. So 
there's an app that's very popular right now, right? And you need to bear with me on this, and it's the WWE app. I think it's maybe the biggest sort of app for multimedia stuff right out in the world, probably. I think Celtic should do one. I would love us to have all the Celtic DVDs collated on the one app, all the live matches available there. If that can only be in the Republic of Ireland because of Sky rights and all that, then fair enough. But I want a highlight show. I want all the interviews, all in this one app that fans can get for five ninety nine a month. Disney Plus price, mate. And that way we would generate a lot of income. You'd have all your Celtic archive content, the story of the season. Imagine going back to 1982-83, just two clicks of a button on your app and Chromecasting it onto your telly and you're watching, you know, the whatever, you know, the, the treble season 2000-2001. I can fancy watching that. That was a DVD, wasn't it? We've got a full library there. It's time for Celtic to get into 2021. Um, and it's time to connect with the fans, and that was just my wee idea of doing that. It's been an amazing fan-led scheme, not some silly membership thing where you get a pen. We don't want that for our money. You know what I mean? We want you want good content, and if anything that Axom, I think, has um, taught us, Kev, is that Celtic fans cannot get enough Celtic content. Celtic are missing an open goal there right now. So that would be my wee innovative idea for Dom, um, but the message is clear. Let's get back to making footballing decisions that will benefit the business, as opposed to business decisions that hopefully the football will still take care of itself, but the business will be fine. I think we need to flip that round. I'm, I'm virtually on the same page as you, what I've actually written down as well. The reason this has came about, and I've seen the comments coming in about, uh, somebody's actually says they've got one of the tankers, Russell. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, that says he's got one we'll of those tankers. There we go. Um, so it was a Facebook user, and obviously if you're not registered, I didn't ken your name. We need picture evidence that you've got that tanker. <laughs> For you that didn't listen to Scream Acelica last week, go back and listen to it and you'll understand what me and Russell are talking about. Um, 24 hours to get in touch. Aye. So what the comments are talking about Roy Keane, and we will get round to that, but what, what, what really got me onto this Dom Mackay situation was the tweet that Celtic set, sent out last week. When we were actually doing Scream Acelica, they sent, they sent out this tweet, That's right. which basically says, one club since 1888. And it really stuck in my throat. It really did. It was plain to the gallery, but everything for me, it's time to prove that statement. Because everything that Celtic football, the PLC, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, the football club's completely different for the PLC. Completely different. It's time for the PLC to prove that. It is time for them to prove that. Because everything they've done since 2012 has shown them something different. They've done more. There's guys in that Celtic boardroom uh, that have done more to keep Rangers alive than some staunch Rangers men because of business reasons. You've got Res 12. You've got the ticket prices as soon as uh, when Rangers go up, came back up from liquidation. Um, the ticket price is £49 a ticket right away. There you go. You've got the five-way agreement, which anybody in the Celtic boardroom will tell you that they've never seen. Mm. But every email that we've seen has a member of the Celtic board on that email. And you've got the, basically you had the 10 years of the EBTs that they've never actually challenged. I mean, we all know in 2012, and we need to go back to 2012, we all know that Celtic's um, 
perfect solution was the liquidated club got back into the Premier League heavily, heavily handicapped. So that was Celtic's that, that was Celtic's vision of, of football from 2012. So you can't send out a tweet telling me you've been one club since 1888 when everything you've done in the last eight years is to try and keep one club alive. That for me, that, that's, that, that, this is where I, this is where I started. Like thinking about what would I say to Dominic Mackay? The first thing I would actually say to him was, "We need to become a club. It's true to identity." Yep. I mean, we our formation story is unique in world football. There's no another club in world football has has our formation story. There's a lot of clubs trying to make up formation stories now to give them this romantic backdrop. We didn't need to do that. And I think over the last years, we've we're becoming a colourless brand rather than being true to our identity. Admit we're an Irish Catholic Scottish club. Didn't hide behind it. Admit to it. And actually, let's start working on it. Let's, let's start no conforming to what a football club should be. I mean, we, we were formed to help the poor, the Irish poor in Glasgow, and to give the, the Irish this diaspora in Scotland, something to actually cling on to. And everything we do should actually, everything we, that we do going forward should actually make, should, that should be behind every decision. It shouldn't be business, it should be what should Celtic do? What is the correct thing for Celtic do? And that should be behind every single decision that we actually make. I mean, totally. I mean it's a toxic world. An absolutely toxic world out there, eh? and we've got a profile and an education platform to do things better. We we have we have got that platform there. I mean, you're talking about you see what's happened in the last week down in London, the protests and stuff like that. Eh? Celtic have got a a platform to educate their support. As John Lennon once says, the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. Well, what if folk look at Celtic Football Club? to be bigger in God, to be bigger in religion. So Celtic should be using that platform to educate young people in things that are actually right. We should, our away tops should have refugees welcome on it. You see teams like Bohemians do it. You see uh, FC St. Pauli doing it as well. So we should be having that. Imagine playing a, a Europa League tie with that your refugees welcome on your top. How? What kind of message is that set out? It sets out the it's, it sets out the right kind of it sends out the right kind of message and it sends out the message of how we were formed how we are how we are unique in world football and and, and we need to and we need to actually get back to that we need to we need to actually a lot of people say you can't mix the politics you can't go right back to 1888 because brands want to get on board with you want to get sponsors well if sponsors. Are, uh, if, if sponsors are annoyed that you're promoting good causes, then they're, then they're not the right kind of sponsor that you actually need. There will be brands get on board with you. You won't get brands, brands that will get on board with you. What I would want to be, like, that, that wants to be involved in a team that uh, do things correctly. For me, I think it's just a big. We're trying to. We're trying too much to become a bland Europe, middle order European club when we've got an absolutely unique selling point. And that, for me, that that's what I would be saying to Don Mackay when he walked in the door. Um, but the, the other thing that I would want 
the, the, the other thing that I would want is a lot larger standing sections in the ground. I, w- I would want two standing sections behind the two goals. Get the atmosphere, make make the match day experience unforgettable for anybody that goes to the, the, the ground. No matter no matter who it is, no matter if we're playing Hamilton on a Wednesday night, get the standing sections full and get the stadium rock. Get, get make it an experience to come to Celtic Park rather than I mean we'll, we'll talk about European nights and European nights are fantastic. We can go on and on about them. But you want that to be Hamilton at home on a Wednesday night as well. You yeah, want, I get that. You, you want that as well. And what does that what does that mean? It means more affordable tickets. It means like the game has to be an experience. And then fan like you like yourself, the fan engagement has to improve. The fan engagement has to improve for the club from top to bottom. Um, also, would like to see the club pushing forward on environmental aspects, everything in the, in the ground being recyclable and stuff like that. But again, this is our education point of view. And, and, and we are so big that we could do that. If teams like Bohemians, FC St. Paul can do it, we can do it. Yeah. And, and it all leads part to going back to that man whose statue is sitting outside your stadium and Brother Walford. We've got, we've got it there. Already, and it seems to have been ignored, like for the last since we, since probably the, the share should since we became a PLC. Uh, that's that seems to have been forgot. The fans still the Celtic. You've got the Celtic Foundation, and you've got the the fans. The fans do great stuff. The foundation does great stuff. But I'm talking about the club doing great stuff at corporate level. That's where I, that's where I want to see it going. With the team. I just want a, a young team that plays for the jersey, is educated in playing the Celtic way. Um, that we do things correctly, that we educate the players. That the players know if they play for Celtic, they are being developed to maybe move on to a bigger league. But their time at Celtic is going to be well spent and it could be the best time of their career. They're not. They're playing for a people and a cause. They're playing for more on a football club. Just going to have it as some bland statement. They're playing for an absolutely end. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. An organisation which means something, no, no, just a football. Goal. That's what I want, and that's no, that's, that, that's probably romantic socialist utopia. And I know folks say political stuff. UEFA wouldn't allow that, eh? but stuff them. Let's yeah. let's get on with it. And you would get a a, a, a vast buy-in by the support. You would get a vast, but you wouldn't. The people that you wouldn't get on board with it. 
unfortunately, are probably guys who are not on board with the whole Celtic ethos anyway, or what I see as the Celtic ethos, or what I see as the Celtic state of mind. And and luckily enough, 90% of the, the people I know have got the same Celtic state of mind as the people in, in, in this chat room, me and you, guys that I go to the games with. And we would get on board. That They would get on board with it. And it would show the club that we are completely different. Which, you didn't want to merge into the blandness of European football. You want to stand out. And we've got a backstory that makes us stand out. No, I think that's fair. I think you've raised loads of good, good points. I mean, I think the romance side of thing is important. And it is important to have an identity that you know, does hark back to you know, you know how you were formed, and I think that's you know, as you say, it's a completely unique story. It's something to be, it's a unique selling point. I like the way you put that. I think it is something to be proud of. It is something that, again, what they might be missing here is it might benefit your business as well. You know, because it is such a, as you say, unique selling point. I think on top of that, though, I think I'm very much in, of 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 a, of a mindset as well. You know, what happens in the park really is. My biggest driver with Celtic, I've got to be honest about that, is is, is what, what we're doing on the pitch. Um, are we being competitive? Have we thrown in the towels? I think we need to get away from, I don't know how this has happened, right, but we've been a wee bit like Stepping Stone FC recently, you know, the past few years, where we're signing players and telling them it's a stepping stone. We're telling them that, so they're not, when you're talking about, you know, the fans getting it and everyone getting the Celtic thing, the players, for me, are the most important people to get it, Kev. The players are. And I just don't think... You're making Celtics unique selling point, to use that term again, but when you're signing a player, being in two years you could be playing at, you know, Arsenal. but two years you could be playing at Tottenham Hotspur. Hey, if you're lucky, it might be Southampton. That's where the rest of them go. <laughs> but I just feel that that's got to change. I, I, and I'm going to give Neil Lennon some credit here, right? See, when he first took over the first time round, and don't get me wrong, I think we're all in unison, he was unqualified to get that job. He wasn't the, you know, he wasn't the right man for the job. I mean, he was underqualified by a long shot. But, yeah, for a manager who was a novice, he got players that he signed, such as Joe Ledley, to turn down Roma. Joe Ledley didn't sign for Celtic to get a move to Crystal Palace. Joe Ledley didn't want to go to Crystal Palace when he went to Crystal Palace. Gary Hooper, many don't feel, was that convinced he wanted to go to Norwich. He just wanted a pay rise, I think, you know. Um, but these guys, when they were at Celtic, never, ever took their eye off playing for Celtic. There was none of this distraction. You all felt... And we were winning the Champions League then. That's the funniest bit. You know, you look at some of the Celtic players, and yeah, they look like... You know, it's great to see Encham gets loan spells at Marseille, 14 million bids from Porto. Then they cut it in the Champions League qualifiers, mate. Yeah, I watched Berem Kayal cut it in the Champions League qualifiers. Berem Kyle never, I don't think he ever dreamt of going to Brighton when he was at Celtic. And I look back at that year as being perhaps the last team I can remember it was. Very much signed. That's the loudest paper I've ever heard in my life, Kev. Genuinely, that's the last squad I remember he accumulated there of guys that I remember he's a giri getting linked to Liverpool, Manchester United after his first season. Never seen him knocking down, the, knocking down the door. You never seen him uninterested. Never had. You never get that vibe. But now we have this inevitability at this stepping stone Celtic we became that if a player does well for us, they've got to go. They'll be going. Or they've got the right. They've got one eye in the door. Why? Because if you've promoted this club better when when they first signed and in the way that you've just described, these guys go. 
I forget a move, I get a move. But wow, is it an honour and a privilege to be here? I'm going to give 110% every week. And then you'll have better results and you'll do better. And then these players will get these dream moves. But anyway, do you know what I mean? It all falls into place. Celtic have lacked self-belief. And Celtic have believed that glass ceiling has been, you know, too close to them. And they've, 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 let it, they've let it just stop them progressing, you know, of late. I think as well, what you've got to say to the players is like... You've got to develop. The players have got the players have got to develop, but you're going to develop here. And it's going to and it's going to be great to develop here. And you might not get that big move, but you're going to actually enjoy playing football at Celtic. You are going to enjoy playing football. And if that big if that big move doesn't actually happen, you're going to have a great time here. it's going to be brilliant and you didn't need to go in the huff if you didn't get your big move because you're going to look back at your time at Celtic Football Club and go by the way I really enjoyed it I I didn't go to Brighton I didn't go to Southampton what again son I had five great years there and they're the best years of my career and and that's that's, that's what we've got to try and sell I I want them torn Kev when they're leaving I want them leaving you know in two minds do you know what I mean I've gone, I can't believe I'm leaving Celtic here. Do you know what I mean? I want them not halfway through the season. We were already, and, you know, I, I still believe Lennon should never have said that, even if it was true or not, because that's just pushing them closer to the door. Whether he's frustrated by it or not, that these guys want to leave, I wouldn't have heard that in public because that just pushed them closer to the door. You know, that's made them have two eyes off the ball as opposed to just the one. And I think we need to, you know, we need, we need the players to be leaving Celtic gutted. Let's get back to, you know, the, you know and that's, that can only happen if, if the move to Celtic originally isn't flogged to them as, you know, a career break, a career stop, you know, stop, you know, a, you're only in here for a year or two, son, and then there's going to be bigger riches. I think it was tactful when he got maybe brought into negotiations initially with a Moussa Dembele or something like that. But then it's clearly, I think, became the norm with almost every player that we're signing these days. We're telling them we're pushing that because it works with Moussa. And I get why, you know, you understand it being used once every now and then. But not, not uh, you know, throughout the throughout the piece for every player that joins Celtic. We can't, but as you say, I mean, we need to get back to you know promoting what, what we're good at, and I think that that definitely stems from the recruitment policy. Even the manager, Kev. Let's be honest here right now. The biggest signing we're going to make this summer is the manager. I I appreciate managers' shelf lives are a lot shorter now, but I don't want them leaving through the middle of the season like Brendan Rodgers did. I think mm-hmm. Rogers would have stayed for the three, perhaps, if he had been happy at the club. But I don't want them. I want them coming here as fully on board as everyone else is. That's the only way it can work. I mean, uh, I mean, it's there has to be a balancing act between the demands of modern football and the the football utopia that we spoke about. And that's why I that's why I didn't get paid two million pound a year to actually yep. make the decisions. Uh, I, I've, got, I've got an idea of what would work, and I know fine, fine well that if I sat down, sat down, there'd be somebody in a boardroom would actually put red pens through it. I know that. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's some folk in the comments putting red pens through it, but there would also be somebody in that boardroom, I would hope, with the, with the vision and the, the knowledge to go, that could work to a certain level. That that could because everything can work, but there's guys more intelligent than me that run football clubs. Do I want to run a football club? No, I would run it into a wall before you know it. I know I would, and I'm, I'm not I'm not going to deny that. But if yeah. what my question was, if Dominic Kai invited me in for some tea and biscuits, what would I actually say to him? And what I've says in the what I've says at the start of this this show is what I would say to him. 
And I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to hide behind that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be hide, hide behind that. I, I want my, I want my club to be something more than a bland corporate entity. I'm, I'm not going to hide behind that. And so if folk can come go, and I did say stuff UEFA. I, I did say stuff UEFA because I think UEFA's corrupt. UEFA's leaning towards uh, elite clubs, big clubs to stop them creating a Super League. So they're corrupt. They're not looking after other members. So... I, I'm, I'm no. Uh, I'm not going to say stuff you ever, and I've, and, I've, and I've never been annoyed with the Green Brigade when they've actually you ever finds as well, because no. the stuff that we've been the perfect example was the Lazio game, right? We got fined for the banner, which it says that getting the uh, Muhammad Ali uh, getting knocked down is not the problem. That's how you get up. So we had the big the the. the the, the flares, the big show and all that. UEFA fined us 12 grand for that, right? Then it used it to advertise the Europa League in the next right. round. That's right, that's right. Oh. I knew that. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, stop being, stop, stop being hypocritical to us. I mean, either want us or you didn't. Just get, get, on, get on board with it. You mentioned the manager there. So over the weekend, somebody close to Roy Keane told a mainstream newspaper that he would be interested in the Celtic job. Yeah, um, is that the right direction to go? No, not for me. No, no, miles away, mate. Uh, miles away. I, 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 it gives me the fear. Um, I know you're saying it's someone close to Roy Keane. You just hope there's not more collusion in that. As, as you know, that we all know that there's a heavy link there with Dermot Desmond. That Dermot Desmond certainly wanted Roy Keane on at least one occasion to be the manager. Um, I think Keane was talking about it on Sky Sports last week as well. He made a mention of it with a sort of cheeky smile on his face when he said it, which again got brought to my attention. I then kind of watched it and went, maybe we are looking too deep into it, but I could see why it got sort of flagged. You just, you know, for me, if it's if it's going to be Roy Keane, then we really are just repeating the same mistake of Neil Lennon, if I'm being honest to you. In fact, Neil Lennon's CV destroys Roy Keane, to be fair, as a manager. Um, it's night and day, and and Neil Lennon was found wanting in this modern world that we find ourselves in. And footballers who perhaps just don't get what a telling off is or a rollicking is, they just don't understand that. I don't think Roy Keane's got the patience for modern footballers. I don't think he's got the patience for modern pundits half the time, which can make for great TV. But I certainly don't think, you know, I don't think Jeremy Frimpong would have lasted till the twentieth of January. I think he would have been out, you know, on New Year's Day. Um, if that had been Roy Keane in charge last summer, because folk like him will just run a mile um, from a Roy Keane sort of character there. I think it would be destructive, potentially. I mean, I'm maybe being unfair. I'm maybe he'd say, you know, the last decade he's done more reflection. He's worked in modern football with modern pundits, interviewing managers, speaking to managers that are out of work, that are from the modern era when they've been guest pundits and things. Uh, he was obviously assistant to Martin O'Neill. Um, unfortunately, I don't believe the Martin O'Neill school that he was a part of is particularly going to give him any insight as to what the Celtic job's going to entail going forward either anymore, to be honest with you, which is maybe a shame. And maybe if he had been working with Roberto Martinez the last five years as his assistant, you know, he would have got Roy Keane might have completely changed his football and outlook and philosophy. Um, but I don't see anywhere near enough evidence that in the last decade Roy Keane's somehow managed to gain managerial abilities by not managing gain a different perspective on how to deal with players on a personal level because when you see him on TV certainly doesn't look like he's 
sacrificed any of his sort of um, impulsive sort of behaviour in the slightest. Uh, I think, to me, it would just be a decision that would, would dumbfound us all. Um, it wouldn't make any sense in, in, a, in a market where we believe that there is a lot of competition for the Celtic job. We still like to think it is a hot, red-hot job for a lot of managers. I'm convinced it's still, you know, perhaps at a certain level, but I certainly think it is a job that is wanted. Um, I would be disappointed if he was the best candidate that wanted the Celtic job right now. Whether him coming out saying he wants it or not, um, I still think there's a lot more managers out there with far better credentials than Roy Keane that also want the Celtic job. There's a there's an interview on a off the ball which Paul appeared on a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about Roy Keane for the Celtic job and there's a, an ex-player on it and forgive me, I can't remember his name uh, and he says that Roy Keane's a perfect fit for Celtic at this time. Uh, he's a winner. He's got a winning mentality and he would drive success. And I'm going, you've just described what we would say about Neil Lennon. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> and I'm like, you're, you're not saying anything new. And yeah. in the interview, it was brung up. This is, well, what about he hasn't managed himself for 10 years? He's been Martin O'Neill's assistant. Um, what is he? What about the view that he's seen as old school? And he basically came out with the, the, these, these, he basically came out with the Gordon Stratton. I, I know he knows more about football than what you've forgotten. Was the sort of with the sort of that arrogance that comes out? You've never been in a dressing room, so how can you actually comment? And I was going, well, we don't need that. We don't need that. Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane only lasted five months at Nottingham Forest because the players basically kicked about because they didn't like them. They didn't like their methods. And I'm going. We don't need a Roy Keane, but I'm worried that his name's been put out there to see what the reaction is. Um, that, that worries me because he was he was a contender for the job when Neil Lennon left the last thing, and what it looks like happened was Peter Wall put the kibosh on it. Says no, that he, he's not coming in. Vetoed it. Peter Wall vetoed it and says he's not getting the job. And I'm worried that now Peter Wall was away again, that it's gathering momentum that Roy Keane is going to come in and be Celtic manager. Now there's part of me which sees the flippant side of football would go, wow, I wonder what, so, what, what uh, stories would we get in the next 12 months mm-hmm. as Roy Keane being our manager because he wouldn't stand for any of the press rubbish, he wouldn't stand for a lot of the rubbish. But I'm going, is that is it worth a laugh to have a, an, an, an utter car crash this season? You're talking about a man who hasn't managed in 10 years, has only managed 181 games himself, uh, and three of three of those seasons were in the championship, and has got a one rate of under forty percent. What what kind of credentials is that? Is to become a Celtic manager? We, we've got fans wow. actually. We've got fans questioning Eddie Howe's credentials to be a Celtic manager. Well, what's Roy? What's Roy Keane's credentials to be a Celtic manager? Oh, hold wait a minute. He played for us for six months, and he's Irish. That's it. That is the two credentials that he's got. So. I've always got the vibe as well. I've read both Keane's books. I've always got the vibe of me he's too good for Celtic anyway. That's just my own personal opinion. My own gut feeling is that he's not, he's not, you know, that, that there's a myth that he's a Celtic man. I don't, I don't actually think he is. Uh, and, and if you read his book, the only reason he went to Celtic was because Strachan round him up. 
because Strachan basically says, oh, you'll, you'll do well to get a game ahead of Petrov and uh, Lennon. And that pissed Keane off basically enough for him to go, sod that, I'll just I'll come up there and show you. Strachan just, play, and, you know, if that's how easy it is to, to, you know, to go, like, you know, to flip your mind as well, Roy Keane, and turn down Real Madrid. If you read his book, the second one about the managerial interview and stuff, says, I've been down this road with Celtic before, they didn't make me feel like they wanted me enough. Well, believe you me, Roy, you're not wanted enough this time, by the way, because I've seen a vote on Twitter, I think it was Natasha put it up, and if you didn't feel wanted enough then and you turned us down, then, you know, it's the same principle should apply this time because just no way. And as I say, I've got this hunch, it's just one personal opinion, Mike, but I've got I've always feeling that he always felt he was too good for Celtic. Um, so, trust me, we're too good for him this time round. Again, is he looking at? Uh, is he looking at it? If, obviously, we're, we're basing this on. He's never made a quote himself. We're basing this on a story that was in a national newspaper, which basically says, oh, "I'd be interested in it." Is he maybe looking at this? Is the role to get him back into football, and a move down south later on to people see him as damaged goods? I mean, I, 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 I didn't want him anywhere near the club. To get that move down south, he would not do a good enough job here. I think mm-hmm. we need to be fair here as well. We're coming up against a good team right now. A team that's not, maybe not world beaters, but right now are playing at the peak, I think, of their powers right now. You know, with a lot of self belief, riding on a wave. We're going to need someone a lot more clued up than Roy Keane um, to be able to, you know, firstly get their confidence and get some, you know, get the. You know, trip them up a few times next season, early bells, because we're going to, need to come out of the box fast. Um, and therefore, like you say, it needs to be a manager for a start that's had more than 181 games in management. Um, it needs to be a manager at the start who's managed more games, you know, than you know a handful in the Premier League with, with, with Sunderland or season, whatever it was. Um, we we need to not just be thinking about uh, you know someone's Celtic past, someone's. Celtic connections or anything like that. We need to be thinking about someone who's got their eye on who the rivals are and has a vision of. I know how. I would know. I've watched. You know. I've watched loads of them this season. I would know how to take them on. I would know how to play them. It's more simple than you think, guys. You know, it'd be amazing. You know, have that. And I'm not convinced Roy Keane's that man. And I think Roy Keane would be more complacency from Celtic if we were to hire him. That'd be almost like going. This was a one-off. See, that's if we got Roy Keane. That would be like saying the reason we didn't do well in the league this year was COVID after all. And it was all just, it was nothing to do with the football side, which I think would be a gross underestimate, uh, underestimate, underestimation of it what's actually the reality. It would be, I completely agree with you there. I, I really do. And it would be, a, as you say, it reeks of arrogance. I, we can appoint somebody that hasn't had a job for 10 years and we'll just we'll just go back to win the league again because... Well, I'll be sound there. Everything will be sound. This season's just a blip. For me, I don't believe that's part of uh, Dom Mackay's vision. I don't think that is... Um, there was another story today which is... Um, the Man City link keeps on keeps on appearing. Uh, the website, the Football Insider, which seems, doesn't seem to be as clickbait as a lot of the stuff, uh, is saying that Celtic have hired Nolan Partnerships to draw up a list of the director of football candidates to be interviewed. Um, at the top of that list is Fergal Harkin. And what Celtic have, the, the job spec is that they reckon if 
whoever comes in the director of football will appoint a chief a chief scout uh, and a team of anal- an- analysis. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm taking you. you uh, I'm taking you. Uh, Never go on a Monday. Never go on a Monday. And we'll have a major saying who's going to be the head coach. Um, I think that's more likely. I think we'll probably see a director of football first rather than a coach. And if we're going down the route of, say, Fergal Harkin, I I, I really do think we'll see a lot of guys coming in with Man City connections. And we've already got that loose Man City connection anyway with the number of players that we've took from the Man City Academy and, and stuff over the last couple of years. So it wouldn't surprise me if the club are looking at what Man City do well. And I could I could go back into socialist nonsense and talk about what Man City don't do well, but I think I'll keep that for a for a completely and utterly different podcast. Um so they'll have a look at that because that's a, that's our market now. Our market is England. After Brexit, our market is the and this is where the pool of players is is going to be the the wastage from the football academies down in England, and we need somebody that knows that market. Rangers have used that market well, and you can't say that you can't say that they haven't. They brought in. I can't even remember the name that the, the guy that they brought in uh, was it the guy from Southampton, Ross, somebody. Um, but yeah, the, I can't remember but, his name. You know, but, but, aye, but, I know you mean the the he's the sort of head of recruitment sort of guy. Aye, when you have a when you have a look at what Rangers are bringing, they basically took the majority of Liverpool's academy set up and bring it up up here. And I can see us doing the same way, Man City's. I, I can actually see us doing the same Good way. Argument. I can actually see us doing the same way, Man City. And it might not be that the, the head coach might not end up being that box office name that we're all shouting for. It, it, it might not be. It could be a, it's a, like a, a long term structural structural appointment, and that seems if you if you if you have to believe the football insider, then that's the kind of way that we're looking at it. And for me, that makes more sense when I when I see how we've done business over the last five six years. So, see if you were to compare it, though, right? And you're saying you know they've done it with the the, the, the sort of Liverpool model. And we were perhaps looking at replicating that with the with, with, with cities. I think you would then need to look at what the big difference is, and the big difference is they put a figurehead at the front with real clout. They got eleven thousand fans after whatever it was, nine thousand fans at Ibrox. I think it was that day, or whatever it was. And we'll claim that we got a few more extra thousand. I'm down with that. That's sound to me. But I, and they put a figurehead there as opposed to it being, for argument's sake, Michael Beale as the actual manager. They put a name with real clout that for whatever, whether you like it or not, maybe it doesn't have a managerial experience, but attracted players um, 100%. Uh, it would be interesting to see if Celtic would take the risk of going with a Maresca who ain't going to have that same figurehead clout to begin with, which maybe he'll develop, but who knows? I'm not saying he wouldn't. Um, but initially wouldn't come with that same... You know what I mean? That aura, that sort of thing, and, and whether we like it or not, that was a, you know they got a guy who just finished playing a year before that who had been a world class midfielder. There's just no, there's just no two ways about that, unfortunately. You know, um, would 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 we try and put someone then as the name of that? But with all that city stuff in the background, would that be Roy Keane? I don't know, but maybe they're not going to be because obviously if you believe the rumours obviously they say a lot of the time Rangers are set up by Michael Beale really is you know it's sort of he's the brains behind the operation is, is what the, the stories are 
that's not taking anything away from anyone, by the way. It's just no, no. Saying, oh, that's fair enough. Um, I'm not. That's no point scoring. I'm not. I really can't be bothered with that, to be honest. Um, so if we were to maybe set up like that, I, I think the only harder selling it for the fans, and whether it seems trivial or not, it's just the way it is in football. Is I'm not convinced Enzo Maresca initially gets, you know, galvanises support that's feeling so far disconnected from the club at present. That's the difference. Celtic win 10 in a row this year. Maresca, no bother. It's no bother. It's done. That's fine. Aye. This is the problem. Because you're coming from a position behind Kev, you know, it's, you've got to almost do more. This might be a great idea. This model may well be the perfect future. But because you've messed it up so badly this year, you're starting with low credit in the bank instead of a lot of credit in the bank. If you started with a lot of credit in the bank, Maresca we would have all went, Eh, all right, okay, well, cool. We know what we're doing. We've won ten in a row. We're on the, you know, we're, we're, we've made the holy grail. Let's all get behind them. Now, my concern for Maresca would be six months' time. If it is a slightly slow start, the, you know, we, we turn on him too quickly because he's not got that presence. That like, oh, it'll be fine. And Jared got two years over the city. I'm not expecting anyone at Celtic to not win a trophy for two years and get that. In fact, I don't want that. I'll be perfectly honest to you. But I think we might need someone with a bigger standing in the game than what Maresca has to fully get the the supporters behind it. Whether that's sad, but I think that is true. David, uh, sorry, Michael the boy uh, puts puts in the comments. He's touching on what he says about the figurehead there, Russell. Is Celtic idea Duffin Kennedy behind Keane as the figurehead? Look. We've tried to put to, put together management staff before. Um, we've tried to we put Ronnie Dyler with, with John Collins. We, we put Neil Lennon with John Kennedy, uh, Damien Duff, and now Gavin Strachan. It does the work. You look at you look at the the management team of Rogers, Chris Davis. They worked. They they knew. They knew each other inside out. And I, I would actually say people talk about Michael Beale. I think Chris Davis is a major part of Rogers' success. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting a head coach is just your figurehead. But he needs a team that he can trust and that can work with. And it's on the same page as him. So yeah. if, if we're appointing a head coach, this, I, we can fit together a dream team. It's no. not going to work. That, that doesn't work. That, that's not going to work. You're going to need guys who have worked together and who know that they're, that they're all on the same page. So here's here's some gossip then, Kev, right? Just 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 putting it out there for a wee bit, just stirring the pot. So if we did do that model, right, and it was Man City, and it was like the Man City sort of Enzo Maresco and all that there, the figurehead would be Patrick Vieira. There you go. That would make sense. Is Vieira somebody will need to... Uh, some, somebody will need to... Connected with City, isn't it? Because he was in charge over it the City affiliation in uh, the USA. He obviously played for them at the end of his career. He would probably be familiar. No, that would be that would be the if they were going down that model, I'm just a wee bit of gossip, eh? just to start up the make it a wee bit juicy Kev, you know. But I think if they were to do that, that would be the only way it'd be that would be the one I would expect it to be if that was the case. That that would be that would be a box office appointment name wise, but I'm not a hundred percent Sure, no. it's, a, it's a box office coaching appointment. Um, <laughs> so, but did I, did I actually believe that the Celtic support could be that fickle? I, I don't think. I, I think the Celtic support's an intelligent support. 
football wise, and yep. the, and and we we see things that other fans don't see quite quickly. We go, that's not going to work, and we give things time. And I think if Celtic sold uh, Maresca properly, the fans would back it. Uh, but 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 they need to but they need to be like open and honest we're going with actors by the way this is a long three to five year plan and this is it um, I was trying to remember the French the French side that Vieira was managing at the moment and Michael the boy points out uh, he's, he's managing Nice at the moment in France and Michael the boy says he's not doing too well in France at this precise moment no. uh, so uh, as you say that's an interesting point of Bar- Barca boy comes in and says Vieira was sacked by Nice in two thousand in twenty twenty. So he's out of he's out of work. So I thought he was out of work. Aye. I thought he was out of work. It was Nice. He, he was definitely managed Nice in France, but he managed before that it was the City affiliation in the USA, and he finished his career there. But it was just because I was given an example of what would the like for like be if you were doing that Liverpool coach thing with a figurehead, you know, and then you were to do it the Man City one. Then for me, he'd be the most likely. You know what I mean? Like figureheads who's got a bit of management experience. He could beat the front and then you would have like your Maresca really sort of being the brains behind it all. Thomas Handling comes in here and this is a good point. Figurehead, Lampard, he's got a city connection, Man City in New York City reports are he's been interviewed. Well, their reports came from Phil McGullivan. So if Phil McGullivan told me it was Monday, I would actually get it double checked. <laughs> so... I would take that. I would take that. I would take that with a pinch of salt. Um, <laughs> but the, everybody, every, everybody's going on about the Man City connection here, and right, we all know about the the Man City owners, uh, the the political state of the Man City owners. But you've got to have a look at it, Victor Wanyama was at Man City for a trial. Near Beaton was at Man City for a trial. Ronnie Dyler was flagged up to go and manage Man City's academy. Yeah. We've had Jason Denier, we've had Dedrick Boyata. There is a link there. Uh, the winger. I didn't like bringing up Paddy Roberts because I can actually just picture producer Paul crying in the studio at the moment because <laughs> we've mentioned Paddy Roberts. Uh, so there, uh, John Gidetti. There, John there's Gidetti, there's, there's, there's another well. one. If our major shareholder is speaking to people in football going, what way should we go now? There is going to be a Man City. He is going to be speaking to guys at Man City because it's very obvious there's a link there. So yes. so this Man City link, even though it maybe sticks in our throat, is there. And we have been successful with this link from Man City. And we can't argue with that. It's just the same just the same as Rangers have been successful with this link that they've had with Liverpool now. And that 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 is that is a game. That that is a game now. For I didn't like being Man City's feeder club as somebody called us in the comments, but I I, 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 don't, I don't think the, the Man City link and the Fergal Harkin link is so daft that it might not no. happen. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I couldn't agree more with you. I think there is Huge evidence there, Kev, that there's been a link over a number of years now. Yes. There is, it is ridiculous to think Celtic wouldn't be exploring that link further when it comes to making a huge, huge change at the top of the club. In fact, let's be honest, it's a top-to-bottom change, really, that's about to happen. To think they're not going to be 
going back to tapping into the city ways is, is just fanciful. You know, it's ridic- ridiculous. Of course they're going to do that. I'm not saying they necessarily will go ahead with the names that have been suggested. Apart from Vieira, by the way, he's a stick on. Please gamble responsibly, but that's, I'm telling you, he's a stick on. <laughs> but I think we will definitely are going to, as you say, be in contact with them. There's no two ways about that at all. Colin Watt and Celtic Rebel in the comments, Beef also say, we forgot about Samaras, we've got him from Man City as well. Yes, of ah, course. The, 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 gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. George. David Stalker, Arzani. <laughs> we forgot about him as well. Oh, aye. That's quite frightening when you actually start thinking about it. The, the, are, we, are, we just, are, are we just a blue moon painted green? I don't know. That's more than I thought. But when you you, you ring them all off, it's, you recognise them all. You, you know the exact. But you know you know what everyone's talking about. Francie WLU says Oasis is a city connection. Do you know what I mean? I like that, Francie. Well, very good. Very <laughs> I good. do like that. I like a pun on a Monday. Uh, I do yep. like that. Getting back now, domestic domestic travels travails. Aberdeen punted Derek McInnes last week and it's been in the papers over the weekend that Stephen Glass could be a favourite from the for the job and the first thing that he's going to do is try to get Scott Brown there as a player coach. Um, what's your thoughts about that? Um, it's difficult. I mean, I'm obviously on record saying I think it is essential that we keep Scott Brown. Um, I think that he's... As link between the squad and the management team is going to be more essential than ever come this summer because it's coming from a position we've never been before, which is having lost the league title. In fact, only Scott Brown in that squad will ever have been through this before at Celtic, you know? Um, I don't think there's any. I think maybe Forrest, maybe. But um, definitely Brown's, you know, has been there through us not winning league titles before. He knows the character that's required to come back. But I certainly think he'd be an asset for the new management team. However, you've got to you've got to be realistic and say to Scott Brown, are you going to really play? You're you're not expecting in the midst of that if you're playing fifty games, are you? I'm sure he's realistic enough to not expect that either. But if Aberdeen are saying you're going to be in a position of real prominence here as an assistant manager and playing forty games a season, I think it's a really really attractive offer um, for him and his development. It might be a quicker way. It could be good for Celtic as well. I'm not completely against it happening as much as I, you know, I, I think for in, the, in the here and now it's really good to have Scott Brown there. I happen to also think for his development of the field, if there is any perhaps visions of the future of him being in the dugout, and let's be honest, he is a club legend who has been outstanding for Celtic, then the only way really he could get himself qualified to ever be a manager for Celtic is by managing elsewhere. And I certainly think he'd be closer to managing somewhere else if he's got assistant manager experience at a club such as Aberdeen for a few years, I think that would be more of a that's more of a stepping stone into the management world than you know playing twenty games for us and being sort of I don't know under you know in the under twenty three setup or whatever. But you know I don't really think that's that's going to it's not going to elevate his his status within the game off the field as quickly as the point I'm trying to make. So 
I think from his point of view, it'd be an exciting opportunity. Uh, it would be an exciting opportunity. I, 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 I suspect that he may look at it and go, how many games are, am I going to get for Celtic next season? I reckon I, I reckon I can still do a job and I'll get, more, I'll get more games for Aberdeen than what I'll get for Celtic. And that no. might come down to that, but for me, I don't want him to go. I see him, no. I, I see him as a part of the setup going forward. I, I really do and I do think we're going to need Scott Brown in that dressing room next season and sure, I, I, yeah. I, and, and if, if Peter Law wants to give us a parting gift is get Brown tied down for another season and start him in that back room at some point because I, I've can you see the Aberdeen fans accepting Scott Brown after the amount of, the amount of wind-ups that he's gave them over the years? Eh? Scott, he's one of those players, though, isn't it? Sorry to interrupt, but he's one of those players that you know you love to hate if he's against you, but deep down you always you would you love to have him in your. I know, in your I know. I mean, he's very, very much one of those sort of players. You know, you love to hate him when you're against him, but you sign him, all of that goes out the window, and they'd be buzzing. Trust me, if Scott Brown was playing for them next season, I, I think they would universally be delighted, do you know what I mean? I think so as well. Eh? Stephen Glass is an interesting name to be linked with Aberdeen. It's a, it's a left-field uh, appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, Aberdeen uh, are, are admittedly in dire financial straits. Uh, Their chairman admitted it earlier in the season that they were burning a million a month. So that makes you wonder what other clubs in Scotland are thinking about as well. And you might see a few of these left-field appointments happening over the next three, four months as managers, as clubs start downsizing. And there is going to be an element of downsizing. And this is where I think Celtic need to be smart as well. Yeah, I think you're right. But I mean, I know what you're saying, it's left-field, but then you just dig a wee bit deeper and remember Aberdeen have serious links with that land for United. So it's not as left-field as... It's not as left-field as I... As it sounds, but I mean, don't get me wrong. When I first seen it, I thought, "Yeah," but then then I remember they've got a connection those two clubs. So again, it's just you know Stephen Glass, next Aberdeen manager, Pierre, next Celtic manager, Kev. I'm telling you, so it's, it's all it's all so obvious when you look at it. Like, uh, no, we could we could sort we could sort out the world's problems on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> this is what the Monday club was about. This is what used to happen on Monday clubs. You used to sort out the world's problems with a massive exactly. hangover when you were plugging when you were plugging your work. That's 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 what you used to do. <laughs> <It's> so true. <laughs> uh, Kev, Kevin Hamsey. Chris Cullen was also at Man City. Very good, very good. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Big Billy McNeil was the manager of Man City as well. In Cham, we bought In Cham for Man City as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, I, I've got I've got a link here, and I can't remember who put the comment up, and I can't find it where the comment is. But okay. somebody, somebody says Man City figurehead Vincent Company. No, let's go down a right rabbit hole here. Vincent oh, Company Vincent Company is currently the manager of Anderlecht. Yes. Okay. So Alex Ferguson came up to Celtic Park to watch a seventeen year old Vincent Company play against Celtic in the Champions League. Remember it, I remember it. And he ended up going home with Liam Muller, because Liam Muller was absolutely fantastic that night and not yep. signing Vincent Company. Vincent Company is the manager Anderlecht at the moment so Vincent Company burst onto the scene that night he, he, he was noticed that night at Celtic Park so oh he maybe likes Celtic Park Park. he's maybe got a wee a wee, a, a, a wee flavour for the passion well, it does it the time for 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so he ends up signing for he ends up signing for uh, Man City. Who currently from Man City is working with Vincent Company at Anderlecht? Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy. Here we go. Here, here, here we go. We're, we're, we're getting into it now. So we're going to, we're, we're going to see a, a, a head coach, a, a director of football of, what's his name, Fergal Harkin, and Craig Bellamy is going to be the head coach. Oh, with, oh. with Marenza as his assistant. There you there go. You go. The, the, there's, there's the Man City the circle squared. There you go. We'll put up a vote. We'll put up a vote. Who will be the next Celtic manager? Patrick Vieira or Craig Bellamy? Folk who have not watched the show just see it on Twitter going, what's <laughs> happened in this, in this manager? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Craig Bellamy. There's another name that, that's got a Man City connections. Worked with him. Uh, I'm sure he did work with the Man City in the Man City development team before he went there, mm-hmm. uh, before he joined Vincent Company at Anderlecht. There you go, eh? We've opened a Pandora's box of yeah, Man City, of Man City uh, Celtic connections here, which is utterly, which is utterly <laughs> quite... Uh, I didn't expect... Uh, oh, there we go. Steph, Steph Magaz, 82. Willow Flood also played for Man City. Willow Flood, there's another one, yeah. A big shout out for John Dykes um, for putting on uh, putting on a great charity event uh, for some great causes. Um, well done. Keep up the good work and um, hope everyone enjoys it. Take care. Bye. They disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so there they go with Sister Russell. With actually Sister. Definitely. I feel like that's been it's been it's been it took a wee bit of detective work there, Kev, but we've got to the bottom of it. That's what Monday Club's all about, man. I know. And we've also got Mark Hughes was also the manager of Man City as well. If it's Mark Hughes, Paul be sitting there like that. <laughs> I told you all along. <laughs> oh this is this has been brilliant today. This is this this, this is uh, so Producer Paul comes in. Will I get Bellers on Axon? On oh, Axon, one hundred percent. We want an interview with Craig Bellamy. Hopefully, hopefully, when he's Celtic's head coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to mention a name to you, Russell. We've got three minutes left before the hours up. Uh, I'm going to mention a name to you, Tor Regan Husson. Can you remember what he, he scored a famous goal? in Celtic's recent history. Tor Regan Hussen. Do you know who he is? No. Okay. Tor Regan Hussen played for Rosenberg. Okay. And one night at Celtic Park, we were getting beat off Salzburg when we were in the Europa League group with the mm-hmm. two Red Bull oh, franchises. Yeah. And we were getting beat 2-1. And Tor Regan Hussen scored the equalising goal for yes. Rosenberg and Leipzig. Okay? That's right. So this caused a big, massive uh, fuss for him. And he got messages with Celtic fans. He got sent thank you cards from Celtic fans. He got sent Celtic kits. And he still gets Celtic Christmas cards from Celtic fans to thank him for right. that goal. And I was wondering what he was up to. And do you know who he signed for in January? 
Go on. A club with a massive Celtic connection. Don't even bother saying City. <laughs> no, 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 St. Pauli. He signed for St. Pauli in January. So, wow. so as we're going down these these rabbit holes of talking about City connections, Celtic connections, and where guys could end up, here's a guy who had no connection to Celtic whatsoever until he scored that goal, end, goal up, yeah. end up at a club with a massive Celtic connection. It just, I, I reckon all these, I, I reckon all these things are all preordained. I, uh, I, I really uh, do think these things are pre- preordained. Uh, it, it, there was an interview with him on the St. Pauli website, and I watched the St. Pauli game last week, and I was going, I recognise that guy's name, and I couldn't work it out where it came from. Then, uh, then I looked into him, I said, that's the boy that scored the equaliser. And there's an interview with him on the St. Pauli website, and, and, uh, and uh, uh, there's an interview with him on the St. Pauli website, and he mentions the Celtic fans and the love the Celtic fans have got for him. And I just thought that's a really strange connection. That it's that's brilliant. It's, it's really good. So we'll, we'll just wrap it up for the day, Russell, because we've went for socialist utopias to Roy Keane, to Craig Bellamy being manager of Celtic, and Screamer Selica's not in the morning night. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow night and Screamer, tomorrow night half past six and Screamer Selica. Me and Russell are going to be looking at August two thousand and two. And yeah. uh, and the bow games, uh, so what happened uh, uh, during that period of the bow games? So if you're going to join us tomorrow night, have a look at the what music was about in August two thousand and two, and give us ideas of what albums that we should be talking about. Yeah, uh, uh, have you picked your album, Russell? Yet have you picked your album? Uh, I've, I've, I've got it. I've got you it. Got it's a greatest hits, to be honest with you, which I know is a wee bit controversial. Oh, okay, okay. Too, okay. Too many connections with it for me to not to not do it when it was in the chart. So I'm right. definitely so, doing that. So, so you got to leave that to the morning night. To I'll leave it to the morning night. I've got a choice of three at the moment that I'm going to be talking about. Um, there is a Primal Scream album out at that point. I've seen that. I, I, I talk about the Primal Scream far too much, so I'll, prob- I'll probably um, not do the Primal Scream one. But I'm edging towards the Coral's debut album, the Coral. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm edging towards that. So, Russell, has been great on a Monday as usual. Everybody, thank you for your comments and we'll see you all tomorrow night at half past six. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply